Hey, it's Bryce McNabb, Emmy Award-winning director of McNabb Storytelling, an Emmy-nominated brand storytelling agency. You're listening to Storytelligent, the show that helps you leverage myth to build iconic brands. Consider this show your antidote to the marketing echo chamber. You're welcome. Just don't waste your money on an event hype video. Just, just don't. Okay. Like, so let, I want to use this episode to get more into discussing like practical content implementation. So like we've been talking a lot about your brand identity and, and just sort of like very high level. Um, I mean, we've been in the weeds, but like very high level telling your brand story this is actually going to be focusing specifically on content and thinking through like content strategy, but really we're thinking through a practical application of marketing as an investment, not as an expense. And one of the biggest ways that I see people making the mistake and constantly using marketing as an expense is the event recap video or the event hype video. Um, I don't like these things, uh, and and there's several reasons why I don't like them, so let's just jump in and unpack them. Before we get into exactly what an event recap video is, I think it's important to really start to understand what is an investment. It's my belief that marketing should be an investment within the value of your organization, which is ultimately to say the value of your brand, right? And by investing in our brand value, we are basically raising our pricing value. That brand value equals pricing value. I've discussed this a a lot, but but it's, it's ultimately like as we're developing our brand, we're pouring into the relationship that we're establishing between our organization and our ultimate customer base. Okay. And, and we know that people buy from the organizations that they know, like, and trust, but they'll go above and beyond in paying for the, the organizations that they have the strongest bond with that they, that they, they have the strongest draw towards, right? This isn't about like getting as much money from the customers as possible, right? This is ultimately about like establishing your value, your true value in the marketplace and making sure that you're adding true value to your customer base, right? I remember I worked for an organization where one of the top people in the organization put a sticker on top of each of our computers and it said, what's the ROI, right? Like what's what's the ROI? It was funny because it was kind of like they were trying to correct what they believed were were inefficiencies within marketing by by having it drilled into everybody's head of like considering the ROI. Now the irony is that that action was done from ultimately a mindset of not thinking about ROI, right? They weren't actually thinking about in terms of what is the work that you guys are doing that's going to have the most return on investment. They were thinking in terms of what's is the work that you're doing 
going to have an immediate return on the spend. And there's a significant difference between ROI, which is return on investment, and IROS, right? Which is your immediate return on spend. I'm not sure if that's actually a thing. I would be, I would be probably surprised if IROS is actually a thing. Watch, watch me like Google it. It is actually a thing. Um, one is actually an investment, right? Where you're thinking long-term. You're realizing that the work and the effort that you're going to put in now is about maximizing value and, and leveraging what you're doing to add significant value over time. The other one is looking at marketing as a gamble, as a Hail Mary, as a this better churn up immediate response. And if it doesn't churn up an immediate response, then it's not a good investment, right? So really, it's, there's, a, there's a shift that we have to have and a question we have to ask ourselves. Are we truly wanting, is our end goal that of an investment in the organization, an investment in the brand, in, in attempting to establish longevity and attempting to, to create a, a true meaningful relationship between that organization and the end user and add value over time and use our marketing to, to reinforce the value that we're providing to our audience or to our customers or to our clients? Or do we want to see immediate results? Are we hoping for everything we put out to do to, to make an immediate impact and immediate results? I feel like that's that's the ultimate crux of of kind of like where I've positioned myself. I mean, you know where I'm at. I'm on the brand storytelling aspect of this, of brand storytelling versus direct marketing. But if you've watched any of our our um, our prior videos or listened to any of our our prior content, you understand that I don't see this as a war between these two sides because to not do direct response even from a brand storytelling perspective, is a stupid idea as well. It's not leveraging all the tools at your disposal. So I believe that that failing to invest in brand is a, is a horrible mistake, but also failing to recognize and properly leverage direct response tactics is also a horrible mistake. You need both. And so that's why I see the recap video, the event recap video, as, as a, a specific goal unto itself is dumb, right? Because there's a better way of going about doing it where you can get your recap video, but you can get way more significant long-term value for your organization at the same time if you just stepped back a little bit and thought through and plan and put in just a little bit more planning. The reason for this is because I see the recap video itself as a sort of knee-jerk reaction, as an expression of an inability to actually be, be thoughtful and clearly plan out your goals and properly leverage your event and the way that you're going to approach gathering your content material at that event for the most maximum value that it can give you on, on re, in return, in essence. Um, 
So what is the recap video? Well, your recap video, your event hype video, it's the video where you get a lot of really cool documentary style footage or some lifestyle footage. You put it, you put that footage behind a really just amped up hype track. The irony is that lawyers are so good at telling a certain kind of story in court and terrible at telling the story on purpose to your client right? It's just some awesome, like, yeah, this is exciting. You get some people saying, yeah, it was awesome. This day has been the height of my life so far. And you show some speakers walking onto stage, get some really wide shots of the panning across the room, people taking notes and stuff. SEO has the potential to be the most customer-centric form of marketing. We're literally giving people what they're looking for. It's the hype video. The video basically says, hey, we were here and and it happened and it was great and it was awesome. And the whole point is to get people hyped about an event. That happened a couple of days ago. Like what's the value of these things? So at worst, right? At worst, the event video basically does what I just what I just said it does. It it communicates, hey, this event happened. This, well, let me just clarify because I, I don't want to be too derogatory, right? Like, hey, this really fun, cool event happened. But it happened like two days ago. And, and we all had fun there. Don't you wish you were there? Right? Like that's at worst what the event video, event recap video does. It, it I guess the intent is that it continues the fun of the event past the time frame that the attendees were there. And it may generate some sense of FOMO inside of people who weren't actually there. So that would be if you didn't really have a plan, you just had an event video and you just posted it after the fact. At best, an event promo video can actually be used pretty effectively inside of a, a sales funnel for pre-sales for the next year's event. So if you're if you immediately run a campaign following the the closing of your event to pre-sale tickets for next year's events at a discounted rate, you're leveraging um, scarcity, right? You're leveraging the time frame. And then you're putting in the recap video that's that shows everybody. It either reminds people who were there, this is how awesome this was. Don't you want to come and be a part of this next year? Or it shows people like, hey, FOMO thing, right? Leverage is the FOMO thing. Like you need to come next year because you just missed out on how awesome this was. In that regard, it's actually very, it's a, it's a pretty effective thing. I would just go ahead and agree like, yeah, that's a, that's a good use of it, right? But in both cases, your longevity, your time frame, like your shelf life for this video, it's going to last within the year it was created. So after that year that it was created, it's irrelevant. It's just not useful anymore outside of the, the year that you actually created the video because you're either going to use it directly after the event or within the year time frame of next year's event, okay? That's it. So you're going to either use some of that footage to promote next year's event or you're going to use it immediately after this year's event. So you, you only have a year shelf life, okay? And then when you're actually deploying the video and using the video, its ultimate shelf life is, is about a month, a month to two months. If you use it as a sort of like recap video of like, hey, we were here and this happened, 
really, it, you're limiting it to probably less than a week of relevancy. Relevancy? Is that, is that the right word? Right? It's only relevant less than a week after your event. If you're going to be using that within your, um, your pre-sale campaign, maybe that campaign lasts a month. Probably not. Maybe. Right? And then you're probably using that same footage again for a month leading up to selling sales of the, um, the tickets for the next year's event. Right. And like getting people excited for for that next year's event. So really, your your window is the, the year you made it within 12 months after you've made that thing. And then you can only use it for maybe a month to two months tops of shelf life. And that's it. And so this is what you need to be thinking through, because you have to consider that cost into how much is it actually costing you to to have someone come out to film this event for you. Because let's actually just think about the construction of the recap video. So the, re- the, the recap video's goal, like we stated, is to get you hyped. It's to get you really excited about something. And then as a video, it has to sustain that excitement throughout the entire length of time. It's got to get you excited really quick and then sustain that excitement. Say I call recap, I consider recap videos like firework content, right? Like it it just, and then it's gone, you know? Because that emotion of excitement, if you're trying to sustain that excitement emotion, you can't sustain it really for more than like 30 seconds to a minute. A hype video that's longer than a minute gets very boring very fast because you have all it has is one emotion and it's like i think that you have to be very careful at what you ask for and how you ask for it hype 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 for us it's quite important to i think create those release hype 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 it's time to do a real beef do Maybe you just want to be a bit hype, 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 hype. Oh my gosh. This is what Epcot will become. Hype, 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 hype. So much more accessible. It's cheaper in some ways to go and have a beer afterwards as well, which is always a good thing. Hype, 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 hype. I'm bored. I'm bored, right? So what happens is we get, we, the emotional atrophy starts to set in. We get, um, we basically get, we recognize, hey, this is the pattern. And then that pattern doesn't change and we realize, oh, this is the consistent speed that we're going at. And once emotionally we hit and beat that speed, that now starts to, that emotion now becomes our new baseline. It becomes our new normal, right? And it stops making us excited and it just, it becomes normal. And therefore we know that there's not going to be any twist because we've hung in there 30 seconds, we've now hung in there a minute, and we know nothing different is going to come, and therefore we move on. And so we're not going to watch it anymore. So you're looking at, at its most effective 30 seconds, past 30 seconds of a hype video, the thing is starting to become less and less effective because the audience has figured out the pattern and they realize it's not going to change. There's only so many really cool shots and so many really 
trendy um, uh, uh, transitions that you can throw at people that will keep them engaged when the emotional state is consistent throughout the entire time. If there's no tension, if there's no change, there's no attention. What I often run into, though, is almost this like fear perspective when people are wanting to get a hype video because their request is you film everything. <laughs> like, and if so, if you're, if you're looking at a multi-day event, like let's just say your event is four days, okay? Like that's like, what, maybe eight hours per day. What's four times eight? 32 hours, right? And you're trying to like, you want all of that recorded, Okay. And there's no way that someone is going to record 32 hours worth of stuff, right? So you're probably recording like maybe like 40% of the time that you're there, but that's still like an obnoxious amount of time. We're still looking at somewhere between 12 to 16 hours worth of footage. So you can make a 30 second promo that you're only going to use within the first year of creating that promo. And the, the actual realistic shelf life is anywhere between one to two months. Okay. Doesn't sound like a great investment, right? Like for that amount of, for that amount of, of goals, right? And expectations, you're better off just hiring someone to take photos the entire time. You don't need a video to, to do that because at least with the photos, you can use those photos on your website and you're going to get more longevity out of those photos than you will of the video itself. Okay. And then the, this this fear too of like film everything, it's unnecessary because you just need to get people excited. So you really just need like a couple sweeping shots and you don't need footage of all the speakers who were there because not all your speakers who were there are going to fit into the final product anyways. So there's this reactive, oh, but what if we miss something, right? And now what you're doing is you're basically just paying for corporate home videos, Right company home videos where where dad's there with the camera capturing everything for no purpose and and like nothing is ever going to happen with the footage that's being recorded it's just going to end up on a drive somewhere right because that's where it ends up this footage you have to think about that as as math video is math right so mathematically if you're requiring someone to film everything, well, now you've got like 12 to 16 hours worth of footage. And the hope is that, well, we'll use it as a really cool promo video now, but we got all this great stuff, you know? And it's almost like the comfort of knowing that everything was filmed and that's really it. But the people recording the video know that they're never going to use any of that footage. It's just taking up space on their drives, even when they get hired back to make the the uh potentially to make the promo video for the for the following year like they're just going to use the same shots they used the last time right so so all this quote quote stuff right was just a kind of wasted effort and and you're you're spending on waste the better way of approaching it is to think through and start to evaluate like how can we get the most longevity out of the content, right? So I'm not advocating don't film your conference, okay? What I'm, what I'm arguing against is 
operating from a reactionary perspective and looking at marketing as simply a checkbox, like, oh, we need a, we need a, um, we need a, a hype video. Why? Because that's what you do, right? Instead of thinking it through of like, what's going to be happening at this event? Like, who's going to be there? Um, what can, what type of footage can we get and how can we actually like leverage this event so that way we can maximize its value on our organization beyond it just being this really great event where people showed up, right? Like how can we actually like, are there potential content materials that we can create from this event that can add significant value to our organization? But when I say that mainly it's significant value to our audience and to our end customers? How can we leverage this event? And so the easiest way of doing that is to, well, what if we made a story about the event and we told a story of the event and we filmed, I mean, in order to tell a story of the event, it still requires you to do all the type of filming that you have to do for a promo. You're just adding on a few interviews on top of all the promo effort that would have gone into it anyways. The benefit, however, is now you're getting a story that has shelf life that extends beyond a single year. That now you're you're now telling a story. Like stories are engaging, stories are meaningful, stories teach lessons, right? Like it's something you can look back on and 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 it adds more meaning and depth because now you're you're hearing from speakers, you're hearing more from the audience, you're hearing more from maybe even people on your team, like why this event this year was special, why the theme was chosen the way that it was, you know, like now you're cultivating meaning and you're adding a story and you're providing a multi-layered experience that will live beyond its year because it's still relevant even after the fact. Because you can still go back and be like, hey, this was cool. This happened in 2019. And it's not just a, let's get hype for 2019. Let's get hype for 2018. Let's get hype for 2020. Right? Because all those start to feel the exact same. <laughs> you know? Like, now you've actually got something where there's, there's actual value ingrained into the narrative. And the narrative is actually teaching the viewer something. So, so you're leveraging now brand storytelling, you're adding value to your organization that way. With all the interviews that you're getting, like depending on who you're talking to, it can either be current customers or current clients that you're being able to interview. Well, now you can transcribe those interviews and now you have customer language, which can help you to continue to beef up your copy and make sure that you're actually seeing your continuing to keep an eye, that outward perspective on your organization, which is always super helpful. Or if you have someone um, famous that you brought in to give the talk, you can get get them potentially in a, on an on-camera interview and get more in-depth. And now you've got more lasting content that you can also put up on your channels. You know, just, just an idea, just throwing it out there. With the amount of footage you recorded for your story, you can still turn that footage into your promo video. So you can still get both. This is the this is the great thing about thinking proactively is when you think proactively, you can still have your cake and eat it too. You don't have to just settle for only being stuck with this promo video because not to be insulting, but my assumption is, is that the majority of people making these 
recap videos aren't leveraging them within a funnel. They're just making them the make them because you believe that that's what you need to do, right? Because if you were putting it into a funnel, I'm, I mean, there's no point in even having this, this argument, right? Like that's smart, you know, that's good. That's being proactive. That's actually getting more value out of it. But if you're just making it as a checkbox, well, you're not actually inve investing in, in, you're not actually getting a return on your investment. That's what I mean to say, because you're not treating it like an investment. You're treating it like a checkbox, right? We need to think beyond the checkbox, that marketing is not just a, this is my to-do list because this is what marketers do. Marketing is how do we maximize the value of each engagement that we have so that way we're ensuring the longevity of our organization, we're deepening the relationship with our audience, and we're increasing the value that they're gaining from our product and our service, right? Which in essence deepens the relationship and then in essence leads to the long-term um, like lifeline of our business as a whole, right? So it's, it's thinking about like, how do we maximize this? And that just requires like anticipation, like and, and thinking about every engagement as a potential investment instead of every engagement as a checkbox. So don't just shoot from the hip. Don't think that you need these, these promo materials or you need content because that's what you think you're supposed to have. Like look at everything as how do I maximize value here? How do we get the most bang for our buck? If we're actually going to bring people to record, like what is the end goal? What's the purpose, right? And then let's think through how do we create and, and how can we multi-purpose the sort of content that we are creating to get the most value from what we want. All right. Hope that was helpful. Hope that gave you a little bit of um, almost like a, a platform to start thinking through like uh, value creation. And if you have any questions, as always, you can reach us at McNabb underscore storytelling on Instagram. We're also on Twitter at Storytelligent. And I will see you in the next one. Take care.